0: India charts the truth about the markets India charts publishes Nifty daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is Rohit Srivastava recording for the 27th of July 2021 and it's been quite a day in fact quite a week in fact quite a couple of weeks of market action that could be called nothing less than a little disturbing even though it's been one of the narrowest trading ranges that we have seen all year long. In fact, since the pandemic, every time the markets have rallied and pulled back, we've seen sharp directions, you know, wild swings in both directions, 3-4% moves. Compared to that, what we've seen since the second week of June, all the way till now, has been one of the narrowest trading ranges in this entire period, which is why you see the volatility index, which is the India weeks decline close to the lowest levels that we've probably seen in a long term time. The bottom for the VIX has been close to 8-9%, we've not gotten there yet. But close enough to 10% is pretty low from the 80 to 90% that we had reached in the panic of the pandemic. So, we've come a long way, but uh, we are still not at the other extreme. And also, volatility hasn't started to really advance on the upside for us to really say that the markets are done and dusted at this point of time. what we are still looking at, and this is my view, is that the market still has strength. This strength shows up in market internals, something that every analyst or technician should be knowing how to study. Which doesn't mean that you know you, you feel that oh half the market is not participating, or the number you know number of stocks are declining, which is actually not the case. We've had some of the strongest uh, breadth in terms of uh, the summation index. If you actually do a daily summation of advances minus declines. We'll see one of the strongest summation uh, index moves that we've seen since probably eight to ten years, uh, you know, prior, and so it doesn't. It only happens at the start of major moves on the upside. So that is what we've seen throughout this period. So it's already given a sense that this is not, uh, you know, just one of those speculative rallies. Even though it may, te- uh, you know, technically appear fundamentally expensive based on things like the P/E ratio, but that might not be the right guiding light, and has proven wrong throughout this time period. Uh, What has really worked is a focus on the right sectors, segments of the market that are going to play out. And the breadth of participation has only expanded over the years. So since we started into this rally, uh, what I call the reflation trade not only eventually spread to PSU banks, it spread to PSUs in general, that is public sector enterprises since the bottom that the PSU index or the PSE Nifty PSE index made in the month of October. And we have been rallying since. And then it spread also uh, to the entire material sector so while i liked the metals i think i didn't uh, see that the material sector had the most trending chart you know one way up pulling back only to the averages finding support and then rallying again finding support and rallying And all the stocks that are participating in uh, you know within that sector index and i'm of course referring to the BSE basic materials index uh, has been one of the you know best surprise movers on the side apart from the main thematic uh, patterns that we've seen now within the thematics we've also seen strong trend develop in the power sector we've seen a recent pickup in the capital goods again uh, though the capital goods sector has done well for a good part of last year and so increasingly when i talk of all of this uh, lastly i would add reality which has been a more recent participant and one which has only picked up since april of this year meaningfully has been the financial services space which means uh, brokers broking companies uh, and yeah like uh, the likes of ISEC and motilal and so on so now you have such a wide participation of stocks and sectors that were beaten down and not participating in previous rallies all through 2010 and 2020 especially the reality and you know, after 2018 the financial services guys and of course power and PSEs which were in consolidation for eight years when all of them have started to participate and move up this is something different okay so this is not Uh, 2010 to 2020 that's over this is now a new bull run Uh, you can only compare it to either what happened after 2002 in terms of breadth and participation whether you like the point of p ratio where it started blah 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 or not doesn't matter in terms of the technicality uh, the breadth and uh, the you know one way move that you've had with small pullbacks it's very very similar now, of course, uh, what people want to look for is that after you had that one-way move when the Sensex went from say 3,000 to 6,000 in 2003, 2004, you got a deep correction. And so that's been the big debate, I think, for most of the year. Uh, you know, when will you get that deep correction? Even if you're right about the bull market, uh, Rohit, when will that deep correction come? So that's been one of the questions. The other one has been, you're wrong, this is going to crash. But, uh, you know, like today's narrative, the day I'm recording, uh, the news all morning was China. China is going to bring the whole world down which I don't think is really the case. Sure they are attacking some issues we don't know what the geopolitical causes are. Is it just uh, USA attacking them last year and they are probably fighting back by saying that their companies should not list in the US and many other things that they have been doing uh, to get their technology sector in order or is it really trying to get them in line with what uh, they need to do to please the USA so we will probably not understand the geopolitical angle at this point but is it something that brings the whole world down I'm still twisting my fingers and you know uh, getting my brain to think finding a decent article or write up on this subject matter to really understand uh, if it has that kind of consequence that participants would want you to believe but on the other side uh, what we've seen is A pretty strong comeback in many of the reflationary sectors, even at the fag end of what looked like uh, a dollar rising mode, you know, so this debate on the rising dollar has gone on and on online and I have maintained my side, I have had the other side come in at me from all angles, uh, everything from views of, you know, Elliott International or many other eliticians online who, you know, taken a bullish view on the dollar. But frankly speaking, what you have seen in the last three weeks is the loss of momentum because it's been forming a wedge pattern. So for all of those people who saw the wedge pattern down to 89 and said it could go up, I agreed. You can get a short-term bump up, but it's only a bump up. Now It went beyond what I thought, which is not more than 91, 92. It went to 93. Then the debate is on whether it should go to 94 before it comes down. But it's already formed a wedging pattern into the 93 mark and... Uh, you're actually seeing the momentum indicator fall make uh, lower highs. And while it makes lower highs, we call that a negative momentum divergence. And once we have that negative momentum divergence, what is also happening, therefore, is that we are seeing, you know, a lot of the segments that gain from the falling dollar already start to gain even before the dollar started to fall. So this is where the market gets you. Uh, The reason it gets you is that uh, the narrative, which is, you know, the weak dollar driving up, commodity prices and leading to inflation may push up interest rates that entire theme and that entire narrative that had been going on is now widely or well accepted let's not say widely but well accepted among a lot of investors and traders who started to track it on a day-to-day basis but markets are going to be clever they're not going to give you that exact point of time where you know you're going to be able to see the dollar fall and you get that exact perfect entry into all of the sectors and segments that you want to be in So, the beauty of markets is people who understand that the larger trend in force is going to continue uh, are already buying into those sectors which is why the best performing sectors over the last 10 days are again once again the same sectors uh, that are supposed to do well uh, when the dollar is going down even though it's not yet falling significantly till probably today I think I'm seeing some up uh, down tick uh, below the previous low maybe I haven't checked but if it has done that it's broken the low that it made two days ago or three days ago then we have a lower, low, lower high formation in the dollar finally. But ahead of that happening, stocks that have moved up, uh, everything from coffee stocks to, you know, tea stocks in the last two days have moved up 10 to 15% in in, in single day moves, you know. So significant moves there. Sugar stocks have already rallied in the last several months. Uh, commodity prices themselves, coffee made a new, you know, multi-year high recently. In a matter of days, uh, the, uh, you know, coffee uh, contract went from, you know, 145 to Uh, over 200 so those kind of moves that we've suddenly seen are all part of the market's recognition that you know things are not what they look like we did get a cut in gold and silver but i think you're now at the point where probably the worst is over it's been a one-year bearish correction in the precious metals but i don't think it's a bear market it's a correction within a long-term bull market and if that correction is done then it's probably time to move up again in fact in the weekend with india chart session uh, we highlighted uh, the positioning in the cftc futures data which is uh, the uh, net position of traders which was actually short and uh, uh, well not short they, they they'd sort of reduced all their long positions on copper you know from several thousand contracts to you know just uh, just a few uh, thousand contracts and when when you reach that point uh, then you should be looking for a bottom is what we said and immediately i think by the end of the day copper prices were up uh, you know the biggest move uh, they've made in probably weeks and so Uh, and that trend continued today intraday it sold off on the china news in the morning but right now in the evening it's already taken out yesterday's high so that's how finicky it is you know it's shaking out i think all the negative thoughts weak thoughts that people have about the market at every stage but continuing to trend higher and like i said it is becoming broad based Uh, participation is deep okay it's not uh, it's not a narrow rally as people might want you to believe by no signs to me that this is a narrow rally or a narrowing rally uh, with you know fewer fewer stocks participating i'm sorry if anybody is telling you that he probably doesn't know how to study the markets according to me participation has gotten widespread over the last year increasing number of sectors are participating on the upside and there is rotation which is why people feel it's narrow rotation simply means one three sectors do well one or two sectors do badly then suddenly those sectors which are doing badly start doing well And then some other sectors start doing badly. So, we suddenly saw that in pharma. I thought it would continue to do well. It gave up today. No problem. But you had many other sectors that were up. Okay. So, the same thing also happening in probably the auto sector, which has been hit by the pandemic. Weaker than others. Banking is weaker. Uh, But all the other, uh, you know, a lot of reflationary sectors doing well in between. Power was doing well. Now, that's corrected a bit. Uh, But uh, capital goods is outperforming the power sector. So, Uh, This kind of rotation has gone on and we have seen key stocks like Reliance underperform for almost all of last year similar to what Gold and Silver did. But at some point of time they are either going to give up and you know confirm that they are in a larger bear market or they are going to simply join the rest of the market higher. And my sense is probably the latter is more likely than the former because uh, the larger trend continues to be higher. So that's uh, I think the summation of uh, you know what we have been experiencing and uh, among external events that happened recently was OPEC's move to uh, you know increase production which may have been a good thing so if you really heard my last podcast i spoke about uh, this whole inflation argument people were scared about inflation coming back and hurting the economy and raising rates and all of that and that's why the market is volatile or may go down and i made it very clear if you were really concerned about inflation if the fed in the may may of 2021 and it's me it was concerned about inflation the first thing they would do is not raise interest rates but probably you know work geopolitically to get opec to you know increase production so that oil prices don't go up because oil prices is one of the easiest components that drives up you know uh, inflationary forces and especially in countries like india i mean oil prices cross 100 uh, for you know petrol and there's hue and cry If they go to 120 i don't know what will happen you know some people may start protesting and so when you have that kind of impact you know when prices go up slowly probably people don't protest but if they go up fast then uh, it hurts all parts of the economy and so what you really wanted to bring down is volatility so you really don't want to shut down you know the production centers or oil companies from you know making a profit and so that's exactly what opec did it's not like a one day turnaround to produce so much oil that oil crashes from 70 to 30. But a one year timeline to expand production slowly, step by step, based on a pickup in demand in the post-Covid reopening lockdown, uh, you know, unlock world, as we should call it. And in that unlock world, uh, as demand picks up, they're going to keep expanding production and review it from time to time. And therefore, uh, what we've done away is with oil market volatility, prices will stabilize at a higher level, but not continue to run away. So my sense is that we've peaked maybe for the time being in oil close to $70.00. You may trade in the 54 to 70 dollar range for maybe months or weeks to come before another rally really develops in oil and that allows time to absorb this new higher level at the same time the higher level allows you to get consistent profitability at that level see you don't need prices to keep rising for profit for profitability to expand that can happen even if demand picks up or comes back to normal the higher prices ensure that you are selling your goods and products at a price which is higher than your cost of production, and therefore your margins are good. So that that much is taken care of, and that I think is a significant thing. And that's that's probably what will keep prices and valuations of even companies in the metal sector up because uh, we've reached a plateau where I don't think copper prices go back to two dollars. You know, so if you've reached four dollars and you're going to stay there, you can have short-term trading volatility. If you're a commodities trader, that's different. Copper falls, you know, five ten percent, you feel the heat because. Uh, you're a trader and you have long positions but if you're uh, you know looking at profitability of companies that produce the metals steel copper aluminium and so on once prices are elevated you know that you're getting this price and you can product produce an x amount of you know uh, those metals at that price and you can get your profitability at at that price then you're really not too bothered about where the prices are going up and down on a day to day basis so I think that much is taken care of which simply means that at these prices uh, suddenly profits for all of the metal companies have already jumped and in doing so when one year forward p ratio suddenly go into single digits the real question is what happens from here going forward you know so how much more demand will pick up such that you know they can grow that's the real growth is I think the real question not pricing and not profitability so that what pricing and profitability therefore ensure is that you have a floor you know so you're not going to crash in these markets you're going to have a floor prices will not go below beyond a point. But now you need to do the serious thinking about the type of demand pickup that will continue into the future and allow you to project earnings growth and create a new investment case for higher prices from here. I think that's what the argument uh, is for the fundamental guys. Technically the trend remains strong and once you get that rollover in the dollar which we already spoke about the rising trend in commodity prices will only accelerate in fact Apart from cropper, every other commodity price already accelerated. Lead has already surpassed its previous highs, so has nickel the recent highs after the correction. You are already seeing strength in many of these, including agro commodities. So, the strength is already back, not waiting for the dollar to turn because, you know, the markets are always smarter. And uh, if you have not been on top of that trade, you have probably missed some of the big moves in individual stocks and sectors already. But the trend is not over. That's what I am trying to highlight over and over again. So that's where we are we've already mentioned the winners in the sectoral themes uh, discussed it further in detail and wrote a strategy note on it today just to you know put a timestamp time stamp and you know engrain it in everybody's mind this is what is going to happen we definitely hope the nifty makes it if every stock is going up eventually the large caps should participate on the upside the speed may slow down if you don't get widespread participation from large caps and uh, you know especially with earnings worries and so on Uh, But uh, you should see that pick up and go to a higher uh, level from where we are right now because the move is probably not over. Uh, In the near term, probably, you know, I think once we get past 16,000, we go towards 16,200 or 400 in terms of, you know, putting out levels. So far, we are finding that the market is, you know, finding that base support close to 15,600. So I don't think it should be too much significant below that level. But if I had to put a major cutoff point, it will be closer to 15,200. Uh, if at all there's a you know bigger panic reaction but like uh, we've seen all through june and july the markets really wanted to be in a very very narrow range it doesn't want to even go beyond that 200 point 300 point swing so daily moves are not more than 50, 100 points and the broad range is not more than 300 points from 50 you know 15 600 to fifteen nine that is what is actually happening so we can hope for a bigger move but it's not giving in and it's probably got the nifty traders completely frustrated, including me. But my strategy has been that every time nifty frustrates me, I move towards stocks and reduce my uh, you know exposure in the index, so that you can actually participate in some good moves somewhere else and that sort of then balances it out. If you only end up having a nifty position, then probably this entire 6 month period from April till now would be very very frustrating, except for that small rally that we had in late May into early June for 2-3 weeks when Nifty actually moved up uh, from 14,000 something to 15,000 something. After that and before that was a frustrating period where the Nifty gains were limited, but sectoral gains were meaningful. And making that diversification was a very, very important part of, you know, getting that alpha, Uh, that's the nice nice, cute word that people like to use nowadays, which really means, you know, making money uh, more than what the index would have done by having the right sectoral allocations so that's that's what you could have achieved if you had the right sectors in mind and if you didn't then you're probably you know cribbing about uh, being stuck in an index uh, range and uh, even uh, those index traders who are my subscribers would probably be throwing eggs my way saying that you keep saying it'll go up and it's not going up but the fact is it's also not going down so you cannot have a bearish view when it's not playing out but can you really predict when the markets are going to go from trend to non-trend Billions have been spent to try try and find that answer. And most automated systems, computer-driven systems, have not been able to determine when you'll go from trending to non-trending because you can develop trading systems that work very well in a trending market and very well in a non-trending market. And therefore, you need an external you know plug point or a switch which tells you when you know trending strategies should be applied and when non-trending strategies should be applied. And that switch therefore ends up being some kind of a manual filter uh, on when you should do that. And which is why you can't really know that in advance. What you can do with the use of Elliott Waves is get a fix on which side of the market you really want to be on. And if you're on the right side, you eventually get paid. I think that's the big answer that you can get with the right kind of market analysis. So that's all I'll leave you with in this podcast until the next update. Happy trading and stay on the right side of the markets. That's all from me. Thank you. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.